Me and that is special tonight. John chapter 4, you know, that uh, the passage here, uh, he has a lot of things to say about encouragement. One of the most encouraging verses is found in chapter 5, verse 13, which says this, uh, These things have I written unto you that believe, that's 1 John five thirteen. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. You can know that you're saved. And knowing that, whenever you know you're saved, and that gives you assurance of where you're going. It gives you assurance that you know Jesus Christ as your Savior. But in having that assurance, I'm going to speak on the subject of tonight, and that is love changes people. Love changes people. When you got saved, it, there was a change that create that began. As a matter of fact, uh, Paul said it this way in uh, one of his epistles. He said that he that hath begun a good work in you will fulfill it until the day of Jesus Christ. You know. So, and who began that work? Who that he which hath begun that good work in you? That's of course you got saved, Jesus Christ. You live in a changed life. Matter of fact, did you know when you invited Jesus into your heart, he took up permanent residence in your heart. Jesus came in. So now we're going to begin reading with 1 John chapter 4 and verse 1. Love changes people. Love changes people. It's a really awesome passage. 1 John 4, 1. Beloved, Believe not every spirit, 
but try the spirits whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Hereby know you the Spirit of God, every spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that can, and this spirit doesn't always have to do with like, you think of a, like a demonic spirit or somebody, but it can be just the spirit of an individual, the spirit of a person's tone, the spirit of a person's teaching, uh, and so on and so forth. And you kind of get that idea as you read this in context. Every spirit, verse 3, that confesseth not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of Antichrist. Only John ever used that word. Nowhere is that word, even in Revelation, guess who wrote Revelation? John did. John's the only one in the entire Bible that uses this phrase or word, Antichrist. Here it's not referring to a person, but a, a teaching or a spirit. In other words, a, a, a demeanor. Uh, even saved people can have a spirit of Antichrist. You can, uh, I don't believe in... This is a whole other sermon that saved people can be possessed of demons, but they can be influenced by demonic. Even the devil can, kind of like that, you've seen the commercials and the cartoons. You know, a person's, you know, do, trying to make a decision and they have an angel sitting over here and a devil sitting over here. And, you know, oh man, you know, do I start the diet now or do I start the diet, you know, Monday? And uh, so, yeah, yeah, start now. No, don't. You can wait till Monday. Always start to Monday. You know, and, and, of course, that's a trivial example of making a decision. But even the, I believe with all my heart, matter of fact, you see it in the Bible, Judas was possessed by the devil. But guess what? Judas, I mean, the devil could not possess Job, but he could attack Job. He could attack him. He'd try to. And also, oh, by the way, what did uh, what did Jesus say that Satan wanted to do to Peter, who was a saved man? And will sift you as wheat. He couldn't possess him because, again, demonic forces cannot possess Christians. I believe that there's plenty of examples of that in the Bible, but it can, they can influence us. So that's what verse two and three is about. It says, "You are of God, little children, and have overcome them because what?" If you're saved, greater is he that is in you, got that underlined, than he that is in the world. That's an awesome, awesome verse. And folks, no matter what you're facing in life, know this, that greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. That's a great verse. They that are of the world. Have y'all, y'all have heard that all your life. Some of you have been coming to church for 400 years, Okay. And you've heard that all your life, and uh, worldly. They're worldly. You're acting worldly. What is worldly? <laughs> What's worldly? You know, we say somebody, they're worldly. You're acting worldly. That's of the world. What does that mean? It says it right here, of the world. You know what that means? Whenever the world has a greater influence on your actions than God does, you're acting uh, worldly, when the world is influencing your decisions, the devil, the angel, da, 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 trying to make a decision. So are we listening to God or are we listening to the world? They are of the world, therefore they speak they of the world, and the world heareth them. Verse 6, 
We are of God. He that knoweth God heareth us. He that is not of God heareth not us. Talking about the writer, John. Hereby know we the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Let's just camp out there. Speaking again of love changes us. Know we the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Remember, this spirit here is not necessary. This is not talking about angels and demons necessarily, but but a, a a teaching or an attitude or a uh, something an an idea even. Hereby we know know we the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. How do we know what is truth? Just like that country preacher, I've heard this all my life, you know, uh, have your Bible open, follow me in the Word of God, that what, you don't know, as the preacher, old, old preacher he used to say, you don't know if I'm preaching out of the J.C. Penny catalog, which they don't even have those anymore, I don't think. <laughs> Remember those Sears and Roebuck catalogs? I mean, just, those catalogs are almost non-existent anymore. I remember as a kid, growing up, and we would get every year the Sears Wish Book <laughs> at Christmas time. Boy, we'd go through and circle stuff. Here's my list. Only 437 things, Mom. You know, as I circled them all, all that I could find. But guess what? We know that we know what any, whether it be Brother Michael or anybody, is teaching or preaching the spirit of truth and error. Why? The Word of God. Okay, beloved. Now, here's where it gets into, uh, beginning with verse 7, John kind of changes his approach. He's changing, really, a context here in verse 7. Beloved. Matter of fact, if you were to dig in on that one right there, it means my, my saved brothers and sisters in Christ. Beloved, let us love one another for love is of god and everyone that loveth is born of god and knoweth god he that loveth not knoweth not god for god is love now i've heard that for for a long time and that is true a lot of people want to use this phrase right here god is love and uh it's uh, repeated elsewhere in different phrasing, but that's a great phrase. God is love. You know, and we ought to be of love. But you know what? As I look at verse 7 and 8, it, verse 7 and 8 are so simple, you would think that God would not even have to... Why did He have to put that in there? Wouldn't you know God's love? Why does He have to state it? I mean, God's love, for God so loved the world. That's a loving God. <laughs> Matter of fact, he's going to talk about that in just a second. But guess what? Sometimes things are so simple, we forget it. You know, <clears throat> uh, Chuck appreciate this after the Green Bay Packers lost a huge game. Vince Lombardi, he said, you know what? That was such an atrocious game. The next practice, Vince Lombardi did this. Gentlemen, this is a football. We're going to start all over. We're going to get down to the basics. Gentlemen, this is a football. Let's, 
start here. And that basically, that sounds like it's too simple. It's so simple. Let's get on to the basics, beloved. We need to love each other because God is of love. And people that love each other, matter of fact, that's why you know they're saved. That's the way, matter of fact, Jesus said that. Now John's saying it. I imagine as John's penning these words and writing them down, that he's saying, I remember back that night before Jesus, remember when he said it? He said it the night before he was arrested. He said, by this shall all men know that you're my disciples indeed, that you have love one for another. Verse 9. In this was manifested the love of God toward us. Because that God sent His only begotten Son into the world that we might live through Him. So, it, you know, and yeah, I'll just stop right there. I wanted to make a part that phrase, that last phrase of verse 9, that we should live through Him. You know what that tells me? Uh, That God didn't love us just to save us. God loved us so that we could live through Him. So does God want you to... God wants you to act like you're in love with Him. Does that make sense? How, How do you know that I care for Karen? Do I ever act like I care for Karen? Do, do you ever see me making kind gestures toward her? Uh, you know, and I've used this for an example before, but this is the way we approach life in our home. And uh, Karen will be over there in the kitchen, and just nothing thrills me more than to see her cooking. Ooh. I mean, I, I yeah. walk over there and, She'll be cooking, washing dishes. And when I kiss her on the neck, and she, she says, y'all know what she says, what do you want? <laughs> and, uh, but, you know, and then if I start showing any affection toward my wife, my kids, I, Mom, Dad, get, get, get a room, do something. Ah, quit that, but they know, guess what? My kids will not grow up without knowing that I love this woman. They know that. They know that. I want the whole world to know it. Because that's the whole point about this passage. God first loved us, and He was a propitiation for us that we should, that we, not just to love us to save us from hell, but what? That we should live in Him. Act like we're in love with Him. Do you ever act like you're in love with Him? Do I ever act like I'm in love with her? And if I can act like I'm in love with her, you and I can act like we're in love with him. Does that make sense? That makes sense. I know it does. Okay? And, folks, that's the whole point of this, that we should live in him. That means that you're head over heels. And if if I can be head over heels in love with this woman, I can be head over heels in love with my Savior and act like I'm in love with him. See, that, that's, what, that's why He saved us. Not just to keep us from going to hell, but to save us to live. That you might live in Him. That you might live through Him. Verse, I'll skip on down. Be the propitiation. Verse 10, verse 11. Beloved, 
If God so loved us, we ought to love one another. No man has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwelleth in us. In other words, that's proof not only, folks, when you fall, when you fall head over heels in love with God, it causes you to love others and want to see them grow, want to see them live. Verse 13, or end of verse 12, it says, And His love is perfected, that means matured in us. Hereby know we, verse 13, that we dwell in Him. And when you say dwell in Him, that means you're living with Him. You're reading His Word. You're coming to church. And He is in us because what? He has given us of His Spirit. Verse 16 kind of sums it all up. I'm about to finish up here tonight, so hang with me. Verse 16, And we have known and believed the love of God, the love that God hath to us. God, again, it says that kind of same thing. God is love. And he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God and God in him. Herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in the world. Verse 18, There is no fear in love, but perfect or mature love casteth out fear, because fear hath torment. Have you ever thought about that? You may not have read verse 18 in a while, but it says fear hath torment. In other words, if if my actions cause fear in others, that causes torment, which is not of God. He that feareth is not made mature, perfect in love. And then verse 19, we love him because he first loved us. If a man say, I love God, and hateth his brother, he is a liar. For he that loveth not his brother, whom he hath seen, how can he love God whom he hath not seen? This And this commandment, Have we from him that he who loveth God love his brother also? Love changes us. Now, I want to say this, that uh, just that simple illustration about me me loving my wife and and loving Miss Karen. You know, that love, you know, think about this. I remember whenever I, I first saw Karen and I was infatuated. And then I was in, in puppy love. And, and then I was just in a, in, you know, put it plainly, a lustful love. And then I was in a, man, I got to know her. And I got to say, well, that, you know, that's who Karen is. And I, that deeper love. And folks, I, I tell you what, you who have been married for many years, y'all know this. Your love grows and changes the longer you've been together. Y'all know. Many of you have experienced and you remember maybe faintly the transitions in your love. What does it say? What, what did he repeat several times? Herein is your love made, what did he say? He used the word in King James, perfect. And we know that means mature. So can our love mature? Isn't that a neat thought? My love for Karen has matured. 
and is still in your love for God. Have you ever have any of you ever seen somebody who just gets saved and they act they just act kind of giddy. <laughs> but hey, they're excited. They're excited, you know, don't throw any don't throw any water on their fire. You see, and they may do something that's totally goofy. Well, I I want to I want to pass out flowers for Jesus. I'm talking about flowers. <laughs> for Jesus. I, who why do that? Why they're just giddy. It's kind of like whenever you first fell in love with your spouse, later on to be your spouse, and you were just giddy, just doing stuff that didn't make sense. It was silly. And you still may be a little bit, have a little bit of that, and, and that's great. And keep the romance fires going. But folks, what about the Lord? Can we be, can our love mature? Can our love mature in Him? As we prepare for Him invitation, let's bow for a word of prayer. Father, I thank You for this time. We think about Your love maturing in us. Help us to mature in, in love with You. Father, I pray that You would bless our church, that people could tell that we are head over heels in love with you. Father, I thank you for everything you've blessed us with. If our love needs to mature, dear Lord, cause it to be seen and shown to others. In Jesus' name, amen.